Hello from Bear and Kura, a podcast from the Land of Oz Information Services. I love you, Kura. I love you too, Bear. This is episode 28 of the Bear and Kura podcast. I'm going to be telling you what happened. Well, welcome back, everybody. Uh, it's been about a month now. Uh, some interesting things happened, so I guess we're going to go discuss that. Basically, about the end of last month, we were celebrating our, our uh, seven-year wedding anniversary, and we decided to go out to eat. Went to a restaurant that we've been to like once or twice. Bear... Shoulder was bothering him pretty bad, so we went to the mall afterwards, and uh, he got a back massage. We left. He thought he put his put his hip out, and I think he, he did. But then that evening, you know, he wasn't feeling that well. He went to bed, got up. Sorry, this might be long-winded, but got to fill you guys in. Went to bed, got up around 11, and his blood sugar was really, really low. So I gave him some apple juice and made sure he ate something. Well, then he went back to bed and laid down, kind of tucked him in. Well, then he got sick, like thrown up. And then later on in the evening, it started coming out the back end. Well, it turns out he had food poisoning. Well, <laughs> it gets a lot better. Um, I think the next day he didn't make it into work, uh, obviously so, because he was in and out of the bathroom all night. That was the day before... Memorial Day weekend. Yeah, the day before Memorial Week. Yeah. And um, he got up in the morning. I was in the front of the house, and I heard, I didn't hear anything. I heard a little bit of clutter, but it didn't really hear anything well. He fell. He passed out and fell. Well, we have a water bed, which is encased in a wooden frame, and he hit his ribs on the water bed. So I thought, and he thought that he, Broke his ribs or bruised them pretty bad because it was pretty painful. And it was all along his right side, right where his ribs were at. Well, do you want to add something into this or you want to? We'll go back. Okay. So, well, that turns out that, uh, so he dealt with that for a few weeks and then this past weekend happened. And then I'll let you jump in and you can say what you want to say. So I don't want to commandeer the show. Well, it turns out it was not food poisoning. And I did not break my rib. What happened was my gallbladder ruptured. You've probably heard of when somebody's appendix bursts. Well, it's like that, but it was my gallbladder. That's That was the cause of the vomiting and the diarrhea and the pain in my side. And... Because everyone said, don't even bother going to the doctor for the ribs, because even if they find something, there's nothing can be done. So after a couple of weeks of really bad taste in my mouth, really bad smells. Well, there for a little bit, you started to feel better. Like your ribs Yeah, I would get better, and then I would wake up in the morning, and the pain would be back, and it would be... It would cycle back and forth. Then I started getting chills. 
And I've, I've had a history of this. I, I would just start shaking for no reason at all. My doctor is aware of it. He, about two years ago, had me get a series of x-rays in my chest to see if I had lung cancer, because apparently unexplained chills is one of the side, or one of the symptoms of lung cancer, and they determined that I didn't, didn't have lung cancer. I don't really know why I would. I've, a cigarette has never touched my lips. Yeah. But um, and well, I, I was cleared of that. Well, yeah. Well, and also, like, you've had these chills in the past. You you know, I would come and cuddle with you and warm you up, and, and it would subside in about 10 to 15 minutes. But these were much worse episodes, and these started last week, I believe, right? Yeah. Um, it, I, I would shake for, like, two hours. And it wasn't... It just wouldn't stop. Just like a... Like a chill, chill. It was, it was more like tremors. They were, they were full body tremors. Sorry, I'm not trying to keep jumping in. And that was getting annoying and, and kind of concerning. So I went to the emergency room at the hospital, and their their emergency room was just packed. I, I knew we'd be there for probably a, a whole day, and. The chills stopped and didn't come back. So when they came to put the armband on me, I said, the reason I'm here is gone and, and I, I don't want to stay. I'll, I'll leave. And, and, he, you know, and you're in the emergency room, so you're seeing, you know, some you think there are some emergencies. And he kept telling me, I, this is silly. We should just go home. I have the chills. It stopped. Let's go. There, there were people who had broken legs and eyes poked out and who, who knows what. Yeah. But, and we were there. Uh, and here I was complaining that I had to chill. And we were there for probably, what, the first night, three hours before we left? Because, you know, nothing's oh, ever no, we fast. Were, we weren't there for 20 minutes. No, we were there for over an hour or two the first night. We were. Waiting for the armband? No, we got the armband and we sat down and they moved, they checked us in. We went through the, the first part of the triage and then they went to the second room and then we left you're, there. You're talking about the second day. No, that was the, the first, second no, the first night we, um, we, we were there longer than you think, but go on. I'm sorry. The second day we went to the emergency room again, still have chills again. And this time it didn't go away. After we sat and, in the waiting area, I got the armband, and they did the pre-check-in or whatever. I was still shaking. Yeah, they put you on IV. Yeah, they put me on IV, and uh, we, got there, we like, went into a second waiting area. We got there at like 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Something like that, yeah. yeah. And it was several hours before really and you, they, they did much. Yeah, and you were you were covered in blankets. You were covering your face. There was yeah. nothing showing. So you you know, and then yeah, um and you and you wanted to go home even then. You're like, This is silly. I have the chair you know, people are really needing this, you know. And I and I told you no, we're not gonna leave. We're gonna find out what's going on with this. Well, and we kept seeing people who really did need the emergency room who were coming in and they were sending them off to rooms and whatever, obviously they were in much yeah. greater need than I was. But you really... At, went at this point, 
we just thought I had a broken rib and, and chills. Yeah, and he, he really wants to go home, and I, I told him no. And I had the keys in my pocket, so you, you, know, you guys listen to this podcast enough. Normally, he's the caretaker of me, and it's normally the shoes completely on the other foot, and he's a fabulous caretaker, and that's I'm, I'm just not that good at it. But I, I wouldn't let him leave. So we stayed, and I think we fi- they finally moved us into a room. It was like 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning when they finally got into yeah, the room. Yeah, we had been there about 13 hours, I think. Yeah. And they did a CAT scan. Yeah, they did a CAT scan. Did they do an EKG? N- not then. Okay. No. They did a CAT scan, and that's when they figured out that my gallbladder had burst. Well, I think it was like 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning, the one doctor came in into the room and he pushed down on your belly and you said that really well, hurt and that yeah. kind of that he said confirmed he, what was yeah, the CT he, scan had well he said found. he was going to come in and do an ultrasound and then he decided came back and he's like no we're going to do the CT scan and when they got you in the CT scan that's when it really showed what was going on go on and I never really knew much about gallbladders but apparently they can become inflamed and they can burst and that's what happened to me So they admitted me to the hospital, um, put me on intravenous antibiotics and uh, a constant glucose drip to keep my blood sugar from from bottoming out all the time. And your blood sugars were going crazy. Mainly low. Really, really low. I wasn't eating. And you were taking a fourth of your recommended doses. Yeah. So that was scary. But uh, they put a catheter in the area where the gallbladder used to be to drain the infection and the bile. Yeah. And it it comes out of my chest and goes down my side. And um, there's a a tube that connects to it and goes down to a bag that is strapped to my ankle. And all of that stuff drains into that bag. Yeah. Now, I'm told that I will have that catheter for about six weeks. Every day, I have to flush it out. I have to put saline, push it into me to, to, to stop any kind of clotting of the blood or whatever from clogging that catheter up. So twice a week, I push saline into it, or twice a day, I push saline into it empty the collection bag since then i've had a couple of problems the valve on the catheter broke just literally broke and every time i would try to push the saline in it would just all squirt out the side because because that valve was broke and when the surgeon came in and visited just to kind of explain how severe it was the surgeon came in and he talked to us i believe it was saturday or some, one of the other days, and uh, he said he does about three to 400 gallbladder surgeries a year, and this was the worst one that he's seen in years. He said he'd never seen anybody survive it, that yeah. most people he, that that happened to are basically dead. Basically said that, you know, the gallbladder normally looks like a water balloon, and his looked like paper mache. So he was a very, very good patient, though. I'm very proud of him. I'm going to give him a shout-out right now. I'm very proud of him. He's been doing really, really well. There were a couple of times that I've kind of lost it. But Kura has been very supportive. 
I told him that I'd, I'd much rather have it be me than him. Because I don't like seeing the people I love to hurt, especially not him. I don't know, I'd rather take it on my shoulders and it just breaks my heart to see him in pain or upset. So I'm getting choked up about this because I just love him so much. And like I said earlier, it's normally him taking care of me. And I don't know how he does it so well, but he does. He's been a trooper. And I'm really, really proud of him. So, yes, I'm proud of you, Bear. I'm very mm. proud of you. And I'm so sorry that this is happening to you, even though I did nothing about it. I, <laughs> it's not my fault. And, uh, neither one of us did anything to cause it, as far as I know. It just yeah. happened. I have gone back to work. I'm the the day after they released me from the hospital, I went back to work, mainly for my mental health, I believe, because I do best when I have a set schedule and and have structure. Uh, yeah, you, you, you very, thrive on structure. Uh, I've been working, although when I'm not working, I'm pretty much sleeping. Yeah, oh. it's been uh, it's it's wiped them out pretty well and. It looks like it's getting better, looks, you know, in my opinion. Uh, but, it, you know, we're constantly keeping an eye on it. But, you know, we got one week down, so it's only five more weeks to go. So, um, but it does drain them. There's been a couple of times that I said, I can't, I can't do this for six weeks. But yeah. it, it is getting better. It's becoming part of a new routine for me. W- we would have... I think continued to do this podcast every week, but that was r- really bad, and and I just couldn't do it. Yeah, and, the, and the, the nurses were very friendly, and the doctors were very friendly. I told <laughs> them about him not wanting to stay because it was an emergency, and the nurses were like, "Well, good thing you listened. You did stay because look at how it turned out." But you know, they kept on reiterating, "This is what we're here for." But I could understand where he was coming from. I really could, because I'm thinking, that's just the shivers, you know. Um, but if your body, the thing I want to say to anybody out there is, if your body's telling you something and it's not right, go, go. Make sure. And because I, I hate to think what could have happened. This could have been so much, so much worse, I have a feeling. Because one of the reasons they haven't gone in and removed the gallbladder just yet is because the infection was so bad that they were afraid that with the ducts down there it could spread to, the infection could spread to his liver <clears throat> and then damage more of his organs on the inside. So, yeah, I don't even want to think about the other possibilities that could have happened. Kind of breaks my heart. Probably the intravenous antibiotics was what saved me. I'm still taking an oral bi- antibiotic, which I think runs out in a few days, but at least I'm back to more normalcy, or at least closer to normal than than I was before. And you're still really strange, but <laughs> I'm teasing. <laughs> you should have seen the eye roll I just got. <laughs> well, that's pretty much the whole story of what happened to me. So, yeah, we're going to keep trying to do the podcast. Well, we are going to keep doing it. My sister was already asking when we were going to do it again. And it was funny because normally we all prep the show and all that stuff. And I said, so what are we going to talk about this week? And he's like, what do you think? 
So yeah, this is just kind of off the top of our heads with this right now. But and this uh, will probably be the shortest podcast we've ever done. If you guys could send like good thoughts and well wishes, not not well wishes because uh, we want to get into that, but just good thoughts our way, we appreciate it. We've gone through a lot in our lives with different things. He was there when I first lost my leg. I think we were dating for four months when I lost my leg, and he was there for me then. But I always tell him that, you know, together we can take on anything. Back to back, we can take on anything. And um, I truly believe that. I, I wouldn't want to spend my life with anybody else but him. And I'm so happy that he chose me 10 years ago. So Me too. I'm afraid I don't have a joke this week. I'm just not feeling very humorous. Well, I'll just, well, when we thought it was food poisoning, this little side joke, he ordered fish and chips, and he was escaped on saying that he got slighted, that he only got two pieces of fish, that he should have got three. And my joke was, aren't you glad you didn't get that third piece of fish? Yeah. And then it turns out it wasn't even food poisoning, so there's my attempted humor. There was a, a sort of humorous thing that happened in the hospital. After I had been admitted to the room, I had Kura go and get my CPAP so that I could sleep. I, I, without it, I'll, I'll doze off, but I'll, I'll start snoring, and it'll wake me up, and I, and I won't get any sleep. And stop breathing. <laughs> yeah. So he, he got my CPAP and hooked it all up and then put it on me. and um, But I was still shivering from time to time. And um, I told the nurse that I was shivering, <laughs> and to I asked her to get me a, a hot blanket. Uh, they have some kind of an oven or something they keep blankets in, and they're nice and toasty warm. And she brought it in and, just, and laid it across me, and I said, put it clear over my head. And she had this shock shocked look on her face and she says no I will not do that I didn't think twice about it um, because uh, on cold winter nights at home I'll put that CPAP mask on and I'll climb under the covers and I'll pull the comforter and everything just completely over my whole body yeah, he, he and just breathe gross. through the tube Yeah, if you didn't know he was there you'd have a hard time finding him under the covers and um, you know that that's what I wanted. And um, so when she came back, I said, you know, I apologize. That that probably did seem like a really strange request. And she says, we only do that when somebody's died. Yeah. And hadn't, hadn't occurred to me at yeah. all. And then this, I knew he was starting to feel better when we finally got checked into a room. This really attractive bear came in to wheel us to our room. And he didn't say anything, but he's very shy. doesn't really talk much. And he's like, you're really good at your job. This is this. So we get in the room. He leaves. And the guy, he looks at me. He goes, what did you say? You're like, couldn't we get two beds in this room? Because he would have been fun to stay with or something like that. I, I was like, don't remember. Oh, he's starting to feel better now. <laughs> <laughs> at that point, instead of sitting up in the waiting room, I, I had been in a bed where I could lay down and relax for quite a while and, and I did feel better at that point. I also think uh, they told me that I could take a pain pill and <laughs> that made a huge difference. 
Yeah. So this has been quite an experience. Um, I'm more used to being the caregiver than the patient by far. And he's an excellent caregiver, like you said, but he's been a very good patient also. But you know what? This happens again. I'll be the patient. You be the caregiver. Okay. Okay. Deal. Okay. <laughs> I don't know how to end this without a joke. I can't even mm, think. Well, of we'll talk to you guys next week. <laughs> this is Bear. <laughs> this is Kura. Goodbye. Bye. You have been listening to the Bear and Kura podcast, a production of the Land of Oz Information Services. We can be contacted via email using the address podcast at oz.com. And Oz is spelled A-W-E-S. This show is part of the Pride 48 Network. Find all the best shows under the rainbow at pride48.com.